We are good people. And the reason I say that is we don't let our intrusive thoughts win. Yeah, because otherwise I would have hit you with that hammer. <laughs> oh, I, 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 again, we are good people. Doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means that we're good. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to make my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective for some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I am not joined on this quest alone, however. This week I am once again joined by my friend and fellow actor, Yolanda. Yolanda, how are you doing? I'm good. Wonderful. How have you been? <laughs> I haven't seen you. Um, unlike most times, we actually recorded these two different episodes on two different days. Yes. Well, how have I been? I'm good, I think. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Any, any, anything fun happened? Just work? No, just work. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, wonderful. Um, so yeah, we're back. We're talking about Goodwill Hunting. Um, last time, I asked you when you saw the film and like kind of why you liked the film i have a different question for you this oh. time oh i'm putting you on the spot here we oh. go all right my question for okay. you this time I'm it's very skin. important are you ready oh no if you could play any character in the film mm. who would you want to play um it's so cliche i hate that it's so cliche but probably will really yeah because he has such an interest in Emotional arc. Mm -hmm. Is it arc or arch? Arc. Arc. Arc in the f throughout the film, so I think, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Straightforward yeah. to the point. Yeah. Wonderful. So, we might as well just jump straight into the movie. Um, we don't have much more going on currently to yeah, talk about. Um, I'm sure we will. Um, but, so, where we left off, Will had just burned the proof in le for Lambo and, like, in front of him. As we had discussed, I think it was kind of childish, but I get where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. um, so now he's just sitting with his friends, and Chuck yells up at Morgan to stop watching porn on his mom's in his mom's room. Yeah. And Morgan comes down and is exhausted, and he says he doesn't jerk off at his house because he doesn't have a VCR at his house. Fair enough. I think. Okay. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I think guys rely on porn a lot more than girls. <laughs> Moving on. Use your imagination. <laughs> Use your imagination. It's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> we have already gone off the rails. Anyway, well, two minutes into this episode. I think I want to know your imagination. Thank you very much. Hey, um, we were having a discussion last night, uh, completely unrelated. We were doing yeah. a script reading last night. Yeah. And. There was a quote that came up, I don't remember who said it, but something along the lines of don't underestimate the audience's imagination. Yeah, that's very true. I don't know who said it. I feel like some famous person said it. Probably. I don't know who said it. But, yeah. That's why I said use your imagination, it's fun. Um, but maybe use it for good? I don't know. Um, Imagine things, it's a good time, whether that's good or bad. Uh, use, use your, your imagination. Moments, choose your moments. Choose your moments, choose your moments. Maybe, maybe don't imagine things when you're, you know, operating a forklift. That's very specific. I'm just, I'm sure. 
<laughs> I saw a video earlier today of someone failing on a forklift. So. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I've driven forklifts before. I was bored at work. Wait, what? You were born at work? <laughs> I was bored at work, so oh. I was watching the video on like, social media of someone just like fails videos, like it popped up. No, I was born at work. I, I just popped out and I was like, we're gonna work immediately. And then she was like, oof, he's coming really fast, no time for hospital. No, I was actually born um, when it snowed. Fair for enough. the first time in Kentucky in 1997. Fair enough. Yeah! Fair enough. I was nearly born in a taxi. Because I was in a hurry. You were in a hurry or your mom was in a hurry? I was in a hurry. Oh, okay. Poor mother. I mean, that's good. 10 minutes, bitch, bash, and it was done. Ah, that, the fact that you were almost born in a taxi, I'm sure she didn't yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, she asked her, do you want to, like, finish hand? She was like, no, 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 let's go in. <laughs> 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 more credit to her. Um, anyway, Morgan comes down, yeah. and he has a baseball glove, and Chuck asks what is wrong with him, and why did he use the glove, and Chuck just goes, er, not Chuck, Morgan just goes, oh, I used it for the cleanup. Okay. I don't think that works very well as a cleanup. It's a fucking massive glove. Yeah. Then we do see Will in a meeting talking about the National Security Agency. And it's about working on cutting-edge tech that's classified everywhere else. Super string theory, chaos matter, uh, advanced algorithms, and Will says code-breaking, and the interviewer says that that is part of it. Mm. Now, Will also does say that what they do, they handle 80% of intelligence workload, seven times the size of the CIA. Um, mm. And the interviewer is just like, well, we don't like to brag. But you're right. Yeah. And so the question is, why should he work for the NSA, but why shouldn't he work for the NSA? So Will takes a shot. And by God, is it a long shot. Yeah, but he's right. He's very right. And in terms of it's a long shot, listeners, I'm very sorry, but you're about to hear my voice for a bit. Because I'm going to explain this whole thing and then we'll talk about it. But I wrote it all down. Because, uh, that's what I do. So, this is what Will says. Will says, say I'm working at the NSA, somebody put a code on my desk, something no one else can break. Maybe I take a shot at it, and maybe I can break it. I'm real happy with myself, because I did a job well done. But maybe that code was the location of some rebel army in North Africa or the Middle East, and once they have that location, they bomb the village where the rebels are hiding. 1,500 people that I never met never had a problem with, get killed. The politicians say, send in the Marines to secure the area, because they don't give a It won't be their kind, uh, their kind over, they're getting shot, just like it wasn't them when their number got called. They were in the National Guard. It'll be some, some kid from Southie over there taking shrapnel in the ass, and he comes back, to find the plant that he used to work at got exported to the country he just got back from and the guy who put shrapnel in his ass got his old job because he'll work 15 cents a day with no bathroom breaks. Meanwhile, he realizes the only reason he was over there in the first place was so we could install a government that would sell us oil at a good price. Of course, the oil companies used a skirmish over there to scare up domestic prices. A cute little ancillary benefit for them 
but it ain't helping my buddy at 250 a gallon. They're taking their sweet time bringing the oil, of course, but maybe they even took the liberty to hire an alcoholic skipper who likes to drink martinis and play f***ing slalom with the icebergs. It ain't too long till he hits one, spills the oil, and kills all the sea life in the North Atlantic. So now my buddy's out of work, he can't afford to drive, so he's walking to the f***ing job interviews, which suck because the shrapnel in his ass gives him chronic shemroids. Meanwhile, he's starving because every time he tries to grab a bite to eat, the only blue plate special they're serving is North Atlantic Scrod with Quaker State. So what do I think? I'm holding out for something better. I figure f*** it. While I'm at it, why not just shoot my buddy, take his job, give it to his sworn enemy, hike up gas prices, bomb a village, club a baby seal, hit the hash pipe on the National Guard, I can be elected president. Whew, that was a journey. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, as a non-native English speaker, I didn't understand all of it, but I got the gist. <laughs> what didn't you understand? I don't know the words. I can't <laughs> <remember>. <laughs> oh, I'm very sorry to all the non-native English speakers because I do also speak very no, 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 quickly. No, 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 I also didn't understand all of it in the film. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, general. So, word, some of the words. No, 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 that's fine. We'll just we'll just go through bit by bit. No, um, no, I mean, I understand the gist of it, so... Right, but the gist of it is pretty much like, hey, like, all of these dark, terrible things can happen. Yeah. And, you know, he starts and with... And it's all starting with him. Yeah, I mean, it starts with, if I break a code, then that potentially means that I'm the reason that people die. Yeah. And exactly. he's not okay with that. Yeah. And then... He understands that, like, you know, that code could be broken, it could lead to those deaths, and then it can also lead to potentially a war. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that he calls out, which is kind of true, is, at least from my understanding, and I don't claim to know everything and how all the government stuff works, but my understanding is that, like, and you saw it with the draft and stuff um, during World War II mainly, um, and like the Vietnam War and things like that where people that came from wealth and people that had money were able to get out of the draft because they could pay for someone else to go. Yeah. So that's kind of where he was saying like, look, they're going to be in the National Guard, which the National Guard kind of has this notion in the States that like they're not at the same level as the army or the mm. Navy. Um, I don't know if that's true, but like that's just the way that things seem to be viewed in my understanding of mm. it. But he, he's like, look, like, you know, a random kid, a poor kid from Southie like he is, they're not going to be able to pay themselves out of potentially a draft. So they're going to be the ones that go, they get beat up, and then he brings up, you know, the point that it's really hard for veterans and, you know, that when they get back, it's not that there's necessarily a job waiting for them, it's not necessarily that the job that they had, they can just go back to, like, all of that is different. And then he brings up the gas prices and everything, and then when he gets to the ocean, I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, poor not, not, not the poor fish. It reminded me of the BP oil crisis. Did you ever hear about that over here? I'm not sure. So I think it was like... In my country, there's not... Well, I don't know. My family, we don't heat with oil, so... I don't know. Sure. So, yeah, I was not always that up-to-date. I mean, yeah. 
I think like oil in the state. I mean, state, yeah, I think. Because there was a big BP oil spill that I think was like 2007 or something yeah, in like the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, in the back of my head, something. Yeah. I don't remember much about it, but I do know like a lot of sea life got lost yeah. because of it. Um, and it was a huge, huge deal. So, mm -hmm. like when he brings that up, it makes complete sense. And then you know, yeah, I mean, it was a journey and a half on this. Yeah. And at the end, he's just like, look, this is. All the reasons why I shouldn't work for the NSA is pretty yeah. much what he's laying out. And I kind of have to agree with the reasons. Oh, 100%. Even, even just the first part about being like, yo, if I crack that coat and you get that location. It's not just what the Americans deem the bad people. Well done, they've got also like loads and loads and loads of innocent civilians and children and babies and women and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, and I did want to point out, like, it, it was also an amazing single shot of Matt Damon. I oh, don't think that there was a single cut in that no. entire yeah. monologue. And it was just a beautiful moment of Matt Damon just being good. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just a beautiful single shot. And that's the end of the scene. Like, it just yeah. ends there. Like, yeah. I don't even... The interviewer doesn't say anything like, oof, They that's probably just... wouldn't know what to say. Nah, 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 nah. They, it's just like... they don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, we're back with Sean, and he asks Will if he feels alone, and if he has a soulmate. Will asks for a definition, and Sean says, somebody who challenges him. And then he goes, not Chuck. And, um, you know, someone who opens things up for Will, touches mm -hmm. his soul. Mm -hmm. And Will says that he's got plenty, and then he starts to name a few. Shakespeare, Pope, Frost. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Was he being done Pope, or is somebody called... Or a writer I, called Pope. I think it was a writer called Pope, oh, but yeah, I also yeah. may have, uh, my notes app may have, a uh, potentially autocorrected Poe to Pope. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. It might be Edgar Allan Poe oh, and my notes app just autocorrected it. Because I was like, Pope? I I'm pretty sure I remembered if he said Pope. <laughs> I think it might have been Poe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Poe sounds more accurate. Sounds more like Will. Um, yeah. Sean does point out a very important fact, though. They're all dead. Yeah, they dead. And Will, you know, can't get back to them. Mm -hmm. Sean says that he will never have that relationship because he is scared of the first step. And the only thing he sees is negative things down the road. Mm -hmm. And Will then claps back saying, all right, are you taking Lambo's side? And Sean says that he doesn't care if Will works for the government, but Will can do anything. And he's bound by nothing. Yeah. And asks, what are you passionate about? What do you want? Will says he didn't ask for this. Sean says, no, you didn't. But you were born with the opportunity, so don't cop out behind, I didn't ask for this. Mm -hmm. Which I think is beautiful. Like, hey, you may not have asked to be put in the situation that you were put in. Yeah. But if you have an opportunity to do something that not necessarily everybody else can do. And I think... Um, obviously people that don't have it, it's, 
not necessarily jealous, but would love to have it. And I'm pretty sure if he didn't have it, but like one of his friends had it. He would probably be jealous. Yeah, he would probably be jealous, so. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I don't think that I have it. Um, no. I do this for a living. I watch films and pick them apart. Um, for, for a living. <laughs> I don't even get paid for this. Um, I do this for fun. Huh? Nothing. What did you say? Nothing. What did you say? That you don't have any friends. Hey! <laughs> I have like... <laughs> I have... Eight? Damn. I don't... Wait, wait, wait. Do they have to be in this country or no? Okay. Oh, then I might have more than eight. <laughs> <laughs> you were so proud. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, uh, counting's hard. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can count to four on a good day, eight on a really good day. Um, getting past that's difficult. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I promise I'm doing okay. Don't worry. Uh, Yolanda, don't make that face. No. <laughs> I swear I'm doing okay. Um. Anyway, so he says don't come out. Um. Yeah. And... You know, nothing is wrong with laying brick, and Will asks, well, what's wrong with it? I'm building a home, I'm fixing a car, someone can get to work, there's honor in that. Mm -hmm. Sean agrees with him, and says that there is also honor in taking a 40-minute train ride to make sure college floors are clean and waste baskets are empty. And that's why he took that job as a janitor, mm -hmm. for the honor of it. Beautiful sarcasm, thank you, Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, mm, you could taste it. Um, so, you've never heard that phrase, have you? No. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I'm surprised because we've hung out quite a bit. Like, and like we are just too sarcastic. Yeah, we've never said that before. Yeah, I'm, taste it. I'm just surprised that I've never said the phrase, ah, I could taste the sarcasm no. around you. Okay. Um, I don't know where that phrase came from, it's just a phrase that I've said in my life multiple times. <laughs> so, Sean asks why he chose to be a janitor at the most prestigious technical college in the whole world when he could have been a janitor everywhere. Why did he sneak around at night and finish other people's formulas that only one or two people in the entire world could do and then lie about it? Because mm -hmm. Sean doesn't see the honor in that. Yeah. Again, very good. And I like that he's just actually posing them as questions. I'm like, okay, fine. On, sure. Yeah. I was wondering though at that point, because obviously he does that work because he got arrested. Did he have a choice at which college he's going to clean? Or at which university? Probably. That doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. No, uh, but like, okay. like, oh. <laughs> Sure. You, thought you get out of jail, but instead you have to like clean and take therapy less therapy. I I I would have thought they just put you somewhere where they need cleaning, or maybe it's coincidence. I don't know. It. I mean, it could all boil down to co coincidence, but I think he probably got given a couple of jobs of like, all right, you can pick one of these, mm. and this was one of them. Mm. And so he just chose to do this one. Fair is my my thought on it. Um, not necessarily fact. I don't know. Um, this is something that we don't see. So, but 
it's uh, that's the way that I would think of it. Is like mm-hmm. he was probably given an option of like, hey, here are five jobs that you can pick, and then that's the one that he chose to pick. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so he asks, all right, what do you really want to do? And Will says he wants to be a shepherd and move to Nashua. I think I pronounced that right. To get some sheep and tend to them. And Sean says, time is up. Will resists, which kind of threw me off. But I was like, all right, he seems to be enjoying therapy. And Sean says, if you want to answer my questions, you're just wasting my time. Oh, um, he said time's up, not because time was actually up, because he was sick of those sh- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which then also made more sense of why Will resisted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Will thought that they were friends and calls Sean a burnout and, you know, asks, you know, what turns his clock. And Sean says, working with you. Where's your soulmate? Dead. That's right, dead. Um, dead as chips. And then he, you know, you've cashed in your chips, walks away. And then he says, well, at least I play a hand. And Will's pissed at this point. Yeah. And he says, well, you lost a big f***ing hand. Some people will lose a big hand and then have the sack to ante up again. And Sean retorts back and he's like, look at me. What do you want to do? And he says, you and your bullshit have a bullshit answer for everybody. But I think you, but I ask you a simple question and you can't give me a straight answer because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he just says, See ya, Bo Peep. See ya what? Bo Peep. I don't know what that means. Bo Peep, the shepherd. Did you watch Story Story? Yeah, I did. You know the little shepherd that's like in love with Woody? In the first Toy Story, and the second Toy Story, and the fourth Toy Story? The girl? Yeah! I thought her name was something totally different. Her name is Bo Peep. They call her Bo. Oh, I totally forget about that. Sorry. You should be. I thought her name was like Wendy or something like that. No! Who was named Wendy? I don't know. Who's Wendy? I don't know. Where did Wendy come from? I don't know. Unless you had some weird translation in... But wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Toy Story came out way, way after Google Hunt. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no! But there's also the nursery rhyme. There's also a nursery rhyme that says "Little Bo Peep who lost her sheep." Something, something, something. Oh, okay, fair enough. So like, it's probably from the nursery rhyme, oh, okay, I see. not the Toy Story reference, because I think they both came out in '97. Fair. I think it came out in '97. I don't know when Toy Story one came out. But, um, yeah, fair enough. It might have been later. I don't actually know. But I've seen Toy Story. I have seen Toy Story. Which means that I will never talk about it on this podcast. I have seen it, I promise. Other other than, you know, talking about it now. Yeah. Um, Also, why are they making a Toy Story 5? I don't know. I didn't even realize they were. I think they are. Someone come up with a new idea. Because they want to make more money. But, like, even Tom Hanks said that they should be done. But movies these days are all about money. So, oh. ow! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for context on the ow, I just hit myself in the face with the mic. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Will is on the payphone. He calls Skyler, saying bye, and that he won't just be a construction worker. Skyler didn't care about any of that. 
She says, I love you, Will hesitates, and says, you take care. And I was like, poor Skylar. But also, I don't... What an idiot. No. I, I get being scared. Yeah, but... Oh. Do not treat your ladies like that. Mm -mm. Don't treat anyone like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but also, okay, in his defense, actually no, no defense, no defense for him because he knew where she stood. It wasn't even sprung on him in the instant. Exactly. It's one thing if it was like, this is the first time she says I love you and he's just yeah. like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's one thing if it's the very first yeah. time. Um, this was not the first time. So no, no, I have no defense for him. Um, <laughs> I was about to try to defend him. Nah, he doesn't deserve it. Be better. Bad man. Be better. Bad man. She's a good girl. Yeah. But, okay. What would your response be to that? Oh, um... On so put yourself... No, no, no. On the, the, her side was very simple. I love you. Yeah. Say that your partner said, I love you, but you didn't have... The feeling, oh, okay, you were scared to say I love, or like you didn't want to say I love you back, right? What would your response be? You say treat them better, the but what would the response be? Am I on the phone or face to face? Alright, we'll put you in the same situation, you're on the phone. I'm on the phone. Ooh. Ooh. Do I, do I love them though or do I not? Love them. Will loves Skylar, but he's scared to say I love you. Yeah. So you can't say I love you. You do but love do the person. It. I do feel you. F it. You love the person, that's, that's a but you can't say it. Like there's... that's not a valid yeah, yeah, option yeah, yeah. in but this situation. There's a big difference between um, not wanting to say I love you back because you don't feel it, or because you're scared. No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll say, yeah. we'll put you in the um, same situation. He does love Skylar, but he's scared to say it. What would your response be? I don't know. And <laughs> yet you have the audacity to judge him? Yes. I've never been in that situation. No, I'm putting you in that situation yeah, now. I'm trying to think of something that's not mean. Maybe I'll hang up very quickly. <laughs> that's worse! <laughs> no, but like, in a sense, uh, I love you. No, you no, 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 because you are not allowed to say the words I love you. No, 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 while she's saying it, like, that's that worse. Quickly. Yolanda, Yolanda, uh, let me, let me, well, let me I mean, just, let me just lay this out I'm for the listeners to also berate you. I'm trying um, to think because of that, let me just, that mean. Sure, but let me just lay out what you have just said. You have berated Will on saying you know, you take care in response to I love you, right? You have berated him on saying you take care, but your your thought is that you should just hang up the phone. That's worse. No, 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 no wait. By the way, I'm hanging up so quickly that it would seem that I was already on the way to hanging up. That's while still said, worse. No, 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 wait, wait, but I've come I, something better. I would say something like, I really care about you. Or something like that. That may let let her at least know that I care. She like, knows that he cares. Yeah, but ah. Oh. See, and yet, like I'm just saying, it's know. it's it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> it is. I'm just saying, it's a hard thing to do. And it. you are berating him yeah. on being mean, yes. but you can't come up with something better.
Okay, you gotta speak slightly loudly because it, the mic picks it up, but it's not that good. Mm, yeah, I'll, yeah. I will, say something. I don't know. Great. I won't start crying, probably. That, that doesn't make it any better? <laughs> yeah. Alright, listeners, if any of you have anything that you think would potentially be better. Again, we'll put you in the same situation. Let us know, because until someone comes up with a good answer... What would you do? Me? Yeah. I would do the same thing that he did! No, you need to do something different. Okay, I would just... Okay, let's see. If I was in that situation, I, I love the person, right? <gasps> I would say something like, I really want to see you. Or I want to talk to you in person. Okay, and then, while, while, okay, while, fine. until you see them, you can gather up the guts to say, say it back. Sure. But he doesn't want to say it in person either. Because yeah, he's scared. Yeah, no, but... I'm saying put yourself in his shoes. No, 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 you're no, an no, actor, you're... figure that out. You know how to do that. Yeah, but you know you're scared. But... The, there's a difference between uh, are you scared but you want to say it or are you scared and you don't want to say it because if you're scared but you do want to say it then you can't just gather up the guts in the meantime I'm not buying it no, no, alright anyway, listeners, if any of you have anything better let us know because yeah. uh, I don't um, you know like Yeah, we're two miserable people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily miserable but mean as well. Uh, I mean like, awful, awful, that's the word I was gonna say. Look, look. <laughs> we are good people. Yeah. And the reason I say that is we don't let our intrusive thoughts win. Yeah, because otherwise I would have hit you with that hammer. <laughs> oh, I, 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 again, we are good people. Doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means that we're good. Most of the time. Yeah! Doesn't mean that you know how to deal with every situation. Yeah. We mean well. Let's put it like that. We mean well. He means well! Yeah. So why are you berating him? Because he's a man. But that no, shouldn't no, make no. a difference! No, 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 no. No, obviously not. But you know, when you're... You can... It's easier to sympathize with her for me because... I've been treated like shit by men. Oh no, I'm, way, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that men are great by all means. Like men are horrible, horrible human beings. Um, but um, there's awful women. There are also awful women, right? But all I'm saying is that what if the gender roles were flipped? What if Will was the one saying "I love you" and the girl doesn't say it back? It would still be very sad. Great, but would you berate her the same way? Um, I don't know. That's a very good question. That makes me sound like an awful hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Ooh. Just something to think about. 
Now I feel like an awful person. That's okay. We all knew that in there anyway. Um, anyone that... Look, listeners, don't get mad at Yolanda. I'm putting her on the spot. But, like, also, it's a question to think about. Like, you know, everyone talks about gender equality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why is it okay for people to berate a man for doing something like this, but then if it's flipped, why yeah. is it hesitant? I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, it's I the wrong thing to do, I don't know. But like, why Why is there that hesitance that like, just because the genders are flipped, no. then, you know, why shouldn't we treat, if you want people no, to be yeah. treated as equal, treat them as no. an equal. Absolutely. I I feel like the reason that is is because for we, me as a woman it's easier to sympathize with a woman. I, I, I can probably understand. And probably for you guys probably know better how Will feels than I would. Yeah. So it's no, easier uh, to sympathize 100%. with 100%. I'm, I'm not saying why. that you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a food for thought for people to think about. A food for thought to think about Jesus Christ. It's a lot of thinking. I know, it's a hard thing to do. The best advice I got from a teacher one time was stop thinking. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a fun time. <laughs> anyway, we've gone on that tangent for a while. Uh, back to the film. Um, even though we have been talking about the film. But anyway, what's going on? So we then hear a beautiful song while we get a bit of a montage of Will sitting on a bench and Skylar is at the airport holding out hope that he's going to show up. Uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't. And she boards the plane and she goes to California. Will is taking his angers out on the construction building. And Will doesn't seem up for, you know, his meeting with Lambo and is an hour and ten minutes late. Lambo's calling Sean, asking where he is. And Sean says, you know what, like, he'll show. But Lambo says, what if he doesn't? And I file a report and he goes back to jail. It won't be on my conscience, and I was just like, two things. One, Lambo, you were just going down and down in my, mm-hmm. like, view of you yeah. as a human. But also, it will be on your conscience. You know that it's going to be on your conscience. I yeah. get that you're upset that he's not here, but, like, what, like, you know, he's dealing with a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Lambo understands that he is also a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the issue with Lambo. Yeah, because I think for him... Like, math has been the most important thing his whole life, and he probably got brought up in a very safe environment, blah, 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 never had to worry in his life about anything else than math. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why he doesn't understand. Definitely. So, Chuck is back in the picture, and he asks, um, he asks Will, how is your lady? And Will's like, well, she's gone, she's in med school in Cali, left like a week ago. Chuck says, well, that sucks, and asks, when are you done with the meetings? And then he goes a week after he turns 21. Here I was thinking he was 21. Because, you know, drinking. That never even crossed my mind. Yeah. But it's beer. Can't you drink beer earlier than 21? Nope. Oh, fair enough. Welcome to the States. You can go to war at 18, you can vote at 18, but you can't drink until you're 21. And you can drive at 16. You can drive at 15. Oh, you're 15. Look! Grookey! <laughs> um, for context, for anyone listening on, a, uh, <laughs> on a, just the audio medium, we have a little shelf behind us, um, which is slightly falling apart, but uh, that's a different story. Um, but we have a little Grookey on it, and uh, Grookey just uh, fell. So now Grookey is sitting in a 
Yolanda's lap for the rest of the episode. Um, and for anyone that's confused on what Grookey is, it's a Pokemon. It's cute. Yeah, it's green. It's a little green monkey who has a stick and plays the drums. It's a green monkey. It's a Pokemon. Fair enough. It's based on a monkey. Um, no Pokemon looks exactly like a monkey or like exactly like an elephant. They're all slightly different. Yeah. But it's based on a monkey. He's an adorable little monkey. For some reason, I would have guessed a giraffe. How do you get a giraffe? You know why? Because you know how giraffes have the little things. Can I see the Grookey real quick? You know why? Because giraffes have the little, the little things next to their ears, and that one has is, and things. No, that's his little drumstick that he uses to play music. He has a drumstick. Hey. Oh, can I take it? No. No, don't, don't. You can't. You can't take it off. Yeah. But yeah, Grookey has a little drumstick. He plays the drums. Fair enough. He's a musical monkey. Oh well. Yeah, it's a good time. So. Uh, so Will says that they'll give him a job if he sits in a room and he does long division for the next 50 years. And Chuck says that it's better than this place and you'd make bank and it's a way out of here. And Will asks why he would want out of here and he plans to live the rest of his life here. And Chuck says, look, you're my friend, so don't take this the wrong way. But in 20 years, if you were still living here, coming to my house for the Patriots game and working construction, I'll kill you. And I was just like, in all caps, let's go Chuck. Knock some goddamn sense into him. Thank you. Yeah. I'm feeling good about my prediction that his friends knock some sense into him. Um, I didn't realize that it was just going to be one of the friends, but um, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> and also, I understand that it's only one of the friends because like Ben Affleck did also write it, so like yeah. he was probably yeah. like, hey, I should maybe have like one powerful scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. And, he's, and he just looks at him dead in the face and goes, It's not a threat. It's a fact. <laughs> like, just, just, yeah. That's not even a threat, dude. If you're still doing this in 20 years, I will kill you. Like, this is just yeah. factual. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chuck says, You have something that the rest of us don't, and f you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Tomorrow, I'll wake up, I'll be 50, and I'll be still doing this that's fine, but you, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket, but you're too much of a p to cash it in. Because mm -hmm. I'd do anything to have what you got, so would any of these guys, and it would be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Yeah. That's just, yeah, yeah. again, not a just, threat, yeah. it's just a fact. Will says, he doesn't know, uh, Will says that he doesn't know that, and Chuck says, here's what I know. Every day I come by your house and I pick you up. We go out, we have a few drinks, a few laughs, and it's great. The best part of his day is for 10 seconds when he pulls up and knocks on his door, hoping that Will isn't there. Yeah. No goodbye, no see you later, nothing, that he just left. That part was kind of weird to me. That Chuck just wants him to leave without even saying goodbye. Yeah, but maybe he knows that Will's not exactly the best at goodbyes and he always does his own things. Yeah. Because obviously he's got abandonment issues, so... Yeah, and I think he also does understand that, like, look, just because, um... Just because we... You don't say goodbye doesn't mean that it's the last time I'll ever see you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he does understand that. So, okay. Lambo is in the office, and he's upset, saying that this is all a disaster. He brought in Sean to help out with the boy, not run him out. And Sean says he knows that, he knows what he's doing. For context, they're having a fight. 
Lambo doesn't want to hear it and doesn't care about rapport and if they laugh at his expense, but don't try to undermine what he is trying to do, and Lambo says that the boy is at a fragile point. Sean butts in and says that I do understand that he's at a fragile point. He's got problems. What problems? And, you know, Lambo tries to cut back, you know, he's better off as a janitor and better off in jail. Um, Sean asks why he thinks he does that. And Sean says that, you know, he's hiding. Why doesn't he trust? And it's because the first thing that happened to him was that he was abandoned by the people who were supposed to love him the most. And Lambo doesn't want to hear the Freudian crap. Um, Lambo, maybe listen to the Freudian crap. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so why does he hang out with the gorillas, like you called them, says Sean. Because any of them would take a bat to your head if he asked them to, and that's called loyalty. Which I understand. Yeah. You hang out with... Do we know, did his parents, like, die, or did, he ju- did, did they just dump him? I think they just dumped him. But I don't know. Fair it wasn't ever clarified. Yeah. We don't know. So he pushes people away before he can let them in. It's a defense mechanism, and for 20 years he's been alone because of it. And if Lambo pushes him away now, it's all the same all over again, and Sean won't let that happen to him. Mm-hmm. Lambo says, don't infect him with the idea that it's okay to quit, to be a failure, because that isn't okay. And, you know. If you're angry at me for being successful, as successful as you could have been. And Sean says that he isn't angry at Lambo. Lambo says that Sean is, and that, you know, you resent me, but you won't apologize for any success that he's had, and that, you know, Sean, you're angry at me for doing what you could have done. But Sean asks, but asks Sean to ask himself if he wants Will to feel like a failure. I just had a thought. Okay. Do we know does Lambo have a wife or a family or anything like that? I don't think he does. Doesn't sound like he does. Do you reckon? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised he wants to. But do you reckon that he's low-key jealous of Sean? I think he is. And and so he tries to flip it, flip it on him. Yeah. I think... It's both ways. I think Sean is slightly jealous of Lambo and everything that he's accomplished. Yeah, but um, when... but on the flip side, Lambo's jealous that Sean was happy. Yeah, exactly. And yes, he says Sean is jealous of his success. Yeah. But I think success in psychology looks a lot different than success in math. Oh, a hundred percent. So I don't think you can even compare it. No, they're completely different fields. It's the same way if you're trying to say what success in acting is compared to success in rocket science. It doesn't match. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, they're but drastically different fields. No. There's no, there's no, like, are there any awards for psychology? I'm sure there are. I just don't know. Them. Fair enough. Because obviously there's awards for science. There's awards for almost everything in the world at this point. that's very true. Um, Someone's going to feel like someone deserves an award here. So, yeah. But... I wouldn't mind one, I'm just saying. I would like to win an award someday. Um, Hey, does anyone want to hire me and give me a shot? Please give me a call. Hi. Um, So, anyway. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Help us out. Um, Yeah. We... Like you said, we're cheap. <laughs> that might have sounded the wrong way. Y'all have to know. <laughs> we have some 
standards. Yeah, for you, and it will sound very, very, very wrong. Do um. So my boobs are too small for porn. <laughs> Sorry, that was not perfect, was it? <laughs> That was very inappropriate and I apologise. <laughs> I don't! I just... I, just... I did not expect that to come out of your mouth. Make sure this episode blows up. Thanks, guys. All right, so <laughs> um, just for that reason, because I want to hold this over on her, and she's my friend. <laughs> well, at least. Hey, at least you become very popular for some reason. Uh, yeah, see, I don't do acting for popularity. <laughs> I do acting because I enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, back to acting. Um, we see a figure, probably Will, outside the door. Sean calls it's very obvious that it's Will. Hey, I said probably because I wasn't 100% sure. I was like 95% sure. You can see him through the glass. No, you can't. You only hey, see a figure. Dad. No, you can't. It's very obvious that it's Will. It's fairly obvious, but it's not 100% obvious. Sure. But I was also like, hey, this is probably Will, but based on my track record of getting things wrong so much, uh -huh. I couldn't be 100% sure. Fair enough, it's not surprising. <laughs> so, he shows up. Sean and them are still arguing, and Lambo, that's his name, I don't even care about him anymore. So, Sean calls him an arrogant piece of shit, and that, that's why he doesn't come to the reunions, because he can't stand the condescending, embarrassed look in Lambo's eyes. And Sean is proud of what he does, and it was a conscious choice, and he knows Lambo and his cronies think he is some sort of pity case following him around, and he's like, oh, the Fields Medal, and asks, why are you so afraid of failure? Lambo thinks it's about the medal, but Sean doesn't care about the medal. He knew him before he was a mathematical god, and back when he was a pimple-faced and homesick boy, and didn't know what side of the bed to piss on. Um, the answer is no side of the bed. Uh, if you are potty trained, potentially try not to wet the bed. Um, yeah. Sometimes it happens involuntarily. But, if you have the capability, don't piss in your bed. It makes your sleeping uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway. Lambo says... That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Um, Lambo says, you were smarter than me then, and you're smarter than me now. Don't blame me for how your life turned out. Sean says he doesn't blame him. It's not about him. It's about the boy. He's a good kid, and he won't see Lambo f*** him up like he is trying to do with Sean right now. He won't let Lambo let Will look at himself like a failure. Lambo says, it's okay. He's who he is today because he... Wash, he learned to push himself and, you know, he was pushed. And Sean says that he isn't like you, and Will walks in. Dun dun da! Um, it's very awkward, and awkwardly he just goes, um, I can come back. 
<laughs> Which is beautiful. Great delivery. And Lambo just leaves. And Sean says, you know, that goes back a long way between them. Yeah. Great f scene between the two actors. Incredible, incredible scene from mm -hmm. the two of them. Very, very well done. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. 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 The whole, the whole movie's made out of brilliant scenes like that. Yeah. I see why it's popular, ladies and gentlemen. I'm figuring this out. Yeah. So no, no one's ever slacking. Nah, nah. Um, at no point have I felt like, why am I watching this film? Yeah. Other films, I've definitely felt that. Oh, Other films I've done on this show, I have felt like that. Yeah, totally. Um, potentially films that I will do in the future on this show, I will feel like that. Not this one. Mm -hmm. So, Sean has Will's file, and he has to send it back for evaluation. Will hopes that Sean won't fail him, and Sean hands it to him to read it. And Will says why, and he asks if he's had any experience with that. And then we see a picture of bruises like, on Will in his file. Yeah. So it shows that, like, he might have been physically abused as oh, well. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, you know the stigma of foster homes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was referenced, but I don't think I clocked it fully until I saw that. Yeah. Like, I knew he was mentally abused and mentally kind of fucked over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and like I said, it may have been discussed earlier, um, and I just didn't clock it. But that's when I clocked, like, oh, there was also physical abuse on top of any other abuse. Mm -hmm. um, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sean says, 20 years of counseling. I've seen some pretty nasty stuff. Will asks him any experience with that, probably talking about the bruises. And Sean understands that he meant personally, and he has. Sean's dad was an alcoholic, and he was a mean drunk and he would come home looking to wail on someone. And mm -hmm. Sean would provoke him so that he wouldn't go after Sean's mother and his little brother. And the interesting nights were the nights that he wore rings. Oh, that got dark quick. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a reason why he became a why he chose psychology. Yeah. Over anything else. I mean, definitely. Um, Will says that he used to just put a wrench, a stick, and a belt on a table and say choose. And that was kind of what he was presented with. Sean says belt, and Will says wrench. Cause f Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciated that. Um, even Sean was like, why the wrench? Uh, yeah, like even Sean didn't get him. Most. Yeah, it's gonna hurt the most. And his, his reaction is just Yeah. Like. I'm not giving him the satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, oh, it's dark to think about. But also, like, the balls on Will. Honestly. Let's go. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So Will asks if it's all like that. And, you know, Will's fear of abandonment, etc. Is that why he broke up with Skylar? Sean asks if he wants to talk about it. No. Sean says that he doesn't know a lot. But all this, the file, per se... All of this is shit and it's not your fault. Will knows that. Sean keeps repeating this, saying, It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And Will keeps saying, I know. But Sean doesn't let up and just keeps repeating, It's not your fault. Yeah, that's oh, it was 
I was so captivating, like, I don't recommend watching films the way that I watch films for this show, mm -hmm. because I pause all the time, um, to the point where, like, Steven and, like, other people in my life have seen me, like, trying to do this, and they just go, oh, yeah, um, we completely understand why you say do not watch the film with me. <laughs> because it's, it, it, like, I know a lot about the film, and I still feel like I learn a lot about this film. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but my recommendation is don't. But, like, yeah. this scene, just the repetition was so captivating. Yeah. And, like, Will then starts to get emotional and says, I'm not you. Sean keeps persisting, saying it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And Will keeps trying to resist, but he eventually breaks down, embraces Sean, and starts to apologize to him. And yeah. I, like, I think that's the moment that things really change for Will. Yeah, because that's probably... You can say you know, you're like, yeah, I know, because you've been telling yourself that, but you don't believe it. And that's like the first time like, he actually arrives. To believing it. Yeah, in his brain. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that was such a beautiful scene. Oh, I was to where crying, like, I couldn't even pause it. I just had to sit there and watch it. And I was captivated. And when the scene shifted, I was like, oh, f probably didn't process the 10 seconds of the next scene, hit pause, and then had to go back to like take notes on it. <laughs> but yeah, um, amazing, amazing scene. Yeah. I, I have nothing else to say. I mean, you yeah. can see the love and the support that Sean wants to give him in that moment. Just incredibly well done by both of the actors. Yeah, and I think like, there's so many people watching this, watching that bit of the film that needed to hear that as well. Oh, I know I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just like, fuck. Well, on that very heavy, very emotional note, we're going to take a quick break for an intermission where we have fun things happening. Yay! Um, and then we'll get back to finishing the rest of the movie. Hello everyone, welcome to the intermission Seattle edition as I am currently back in Seattle visiting my parents and my family out here and I hope everyone is having a wonderful holiday season whether you celebrate the holidays or you don't, whatever your situation may be, I hope you are all doing well and keeping warm during these holidays and if you're down in the southern hemisphere, enjoy the warmth for all of us up here that have cold weather. So. I hope everyone's doing well, and Happy New Year to you all as well, as this episode is going to be the last one before the new year hits. So Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you so much for listening, not just to this episode, but to this whole podcast as a whole. We started this year in 2023, and I've grown a lot as a podcaster doing this, and this is only the beginning. We have some big plans for 2024, and hopefully the podcast can just grow, and we can grow our community of just positive people who like talking about films and laughing about my terrible guesses on what's going on. But all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are enjoying this episode, and you want to gain access to bonus content or you want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash co You can also find the link in the description of 
the episode to sign up for the Patreon at any of the tiers. And speaking of Patreon, we have our very first patron to welcome to the patron team. So big shout out to Lucy Sadler, who has joined at the crew level. Thank you so much, Lucy. It really does mean a lot. And thank you for your continued support of this show and the shows that will be coming out in January. We have a couple more shows that are coming out here on Co-op Forge as a YouTube channel and you'll be able to find them elsewhere as well. So be sure to follow us on social media at Co-op Forge on all the social media, C-O underscore O-P-F-O-R-G-E to keep up to date and learn more about the new shows that are going to be coming out here very, very soon. But Big shout out to Lucy. Thank you so much. And listeners, if you want to support the show and you can't do so in a non-monetary way, that is completely fine. Just talk about the show. Word of mouth is the best way to help grow the shows. And it really does help. Just reach out to a friend and say, hey, it's a new year. You're looking for a new podcast. Check out this podcast. An actor watches films for the first time. He usually doesn't know what's going on. And it's usually a hoot and a half. And Sometimes his predictions are right. Most of the time, they're wrong. It really does help. And thank you to anyone who has done this, anyone who will do this in the future. You can also follow us on social media at Post Finale Pod or at Co op Forge. Follow both of them. It really does help out a lot. Talk about us on social media. And on top of all of that, just rate the show, whatever podcast app you're using. It really does help if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that. If you just leave us a rating, leave us a review, it really does help. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It would help out if you hit that like button. It takes you two seconds, but it really does help us out and helps us out with the algorithm and everything. So thank you so much for everyone for doing all of that. I won't take up any more of your time. But let's get back to this episode and finishing Goodwill Hunting and figuring out what is going on. And we're back. So we'll head back to Southie on the train. And it looks very empty for like afternoon sunset time. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, but maybe it's not quite rush hour yet, so who knows. It's sunset time. Sometimes sunsets at 4 p.m. Yeah. Maybe it's one of these times, you know. Like I don't know. Entry. I don't actually know. I don't know what time the sun sets in Boston in the winter. I don't know either. I've been to I Boston. Oh, yeah. No, actually, yeah. I know I've not. Oh, I've been to Probably Boston. Dead. For anyone listening on uh, just audio, I had massive air quotes around been to Boston. Um, you were probably at the airport. No, no, no. I've apparently been to the city. Oh, fair enough. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. The reason I say apparently... It's because you don't remember. No, I think I was under the age of one. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, when I was telling my dad, I was like, hey, I would love to go to Boston, because I really like history, so I was like, oh, like, yeah, but I, heard I can that see some historical Boston's things. Boston's kind of dead otherwise. No, that's fair. Like, I kind of wanted to just, like, do, like, a day trip. Right. Oh, yes, so yes, like, you know, fair. like just a day trip to Boston and then like, you know, just so that I could say that I've been there and like I've seen some of the historical things that like I actually like history and I can yeah, check yeah. out some historical stuff and then like I can go off and go where else I need to go. And my dad just goes, you've been to Boston. And I'm like, it doesn't count if I don't remember it. <laughs> What's the food like there? I don't know. I don't know why, but... Clam chowder comes to mind for some reason. 
for some reason, I just thought, I know that's very much not Boston, but Philly cheesesteak. I've never had that's it. I really want to try Philly? Yeah, I know. I know, but for it's some reason... the that, name? I know. Okay. But when I thought of food in America, that just popped into my Ooh, mind. Boston cream pie pops into my mind. I've never heard of that. It's like a cake. Yeah, I realised that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was a different kind of cream, you know. No, no, no. Boston cream pie is actually like a meat dish. Oh, is it? No, it's a cake. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. It's so confusing. I'm not here to help. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, Will sits at home and he ponders. Beautiful music with lots of strings and distortion. Just wanted to give a shout out to the composer there. Very well done. And Will goes back to McNeil's to talk about them with the position that mm -hmm. they had in mind from earlier. The thing that he ditched and sent Chuck instead. Oh, I did not realize that was the same place. Yeah, yeah it's the same place. Fair he goes enough, back to enough, talk to enough. them. So... Sean asks which one he took. Will explains that he was at the McNeil job, and so he took the McNeil job, the one that Lambo set up. And he talked to the boss, and he seemed like a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that this is what he wants, and that Sean is happy for him. And time is up. Will asks if that's it, we're done. They are. Will is a free man. And Will starts to try and thank him, but Sean just says, You're welcome. Sean understands. He gets it. Yeah. Will hopes that they keep in touch, and Sean gives him a number and says, you can call that, I'll be traveling a bit, but I'll keep checking this answering machine every now and again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, leave me a message, and if, when I get your message, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll give you a call. Which is completely fair of, yeah. I'll be traveling, but, you know, I'll yeah. we'll figure it out. So, Sean figured it was time that he put his money back on the table, and see what kind of cards he gets. Mm -hmm. and Which he would not have done without Will. Without Will, he yeah, would not have. So they've helped well. each other. Yeah. And I love that. And he says, do what's in your heart, you'll be fine. They both thank each other, which I think is beautiful, that they thank each other, because they both helped each other. They hug, and Will asks if this violates the patient-slash-doctor relationship, and Sean just goes, nah, only if you grab my ass. <laughs> Which made me chuckle. <laughs> so, Chuck says Morgan won't back down. He's scrappy. They're talking about a fight. I don't yeah. know. This is where we are. Um, turns out that it's now Will's birthday, and his friends have a surprise, and they take him out. It's a car. And yes. they knew that he had to get out of Cambridge, and Chuck wasn't going to drive him every day. And Brad says, well, now that you're legally old enough to drink, we figured you needed a car, which yeah. I just laughed at. Uh, don't drink and drive. Please do not drink and drive. Yeah. Copy that. But I did laugh at the joke. <laughs> so, keeps, it's an ugly car. Keeps him from drinking, you know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, probably not. Um, it's an ugly car, but the guys scrounged around for parts and change and worked together to get it up so that it could be done and yeah. it's drivable. We're back with Lambo and Sean. Lambo apologizes to Sean, they're both sorry, and, you know, Sean says, you know, I'm going to travel, Lambo asks where, and he says that I'm going to go to India, China, and Baltimore. Baltimore? I don't know, maybe a family there or something, I don't sure. know. Sure, we're going to Baltimore. 
Sean says that he got a flyer saying that the class of 72 is having a reunion in six months. Didn't they just have one like six months ago? Like, how how often does do this... it every year. Yeah, um, Some classes do it every year. Sure. Okay. Why not? But, you know, he's like, why don't you come? I'll buy you a drink. And Leva just goes, the drinks are free. And John's like, yeah, I know that. I was just trying to be, like, you know, kind. Yeah. Um, they laugh, and then they head out for a drink now instead. Yeah. So we see Sean packing up, and Will goes to his place. And his friends are in their own car. And I was like, okay. Will drops off a letter, and Chuck and his friends roll up, and I was like, oh, they're rolling up to Will's house. Will ain't home. Will's at Sean's place. And... Sean does see Will pulling away. Yeah. Um, and Sean goes down to check his letterbox. And Chuck looks and into the house when he gets up to the door, realizes that Will is gone. And he's obviously sad that his friend is gone, but like yeah. he said earlier, he's also just happy. But he's for like him. that, oh, finally. He's like, finally, he's out. Like, yeah. he's out of here. Mm-hmm. He's off. Mm-hmm. And again, like we said, doesn't mean that he's not going to see him again. No, absolutely. They're brothers. Uh, yeah, with people like that, you're never going to have a bad relationship. No, no, no. Like, you yeah, can yeah, see him... Every time you come back, it's going to be the same. Exactly. I mean, like, even my friends back home, I don't see them for a year, sometimes a little more than that. But yeah. I come back and it's almost like nothing's changed. Like, obviously things have changed. We'll catch up and, like, we're still in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier now than it probably was in 1997 to stay connected in, in each other's probably. lives. Um, cause technology, but that being said, like, you know, I, I completely get it. It's like, you know, when you go back home, it's just like, yeah, like we're still friends. Yeah. Like, you know, it's that love and connection that's still there. So, you know, he's really happy and Chuck tells his friends that he's not here and Morgan's like shotgun. So he gets out and gets to the front seat. I appreciated that. You know, I would have... Thought the other guy is more of a fronty person. I would have thought so too, but I guess Morgan had dibs, or maybe yeah. Morgan was just quicker. Yeah. I don't weird. know. But the film ends with Sean reading the note, and you hear Will's voice. And the note that he left Sean says, uh, If the professor calls about the job, tell him I'm sorry. I gotta go see about a girl. Yeah, finally some sense. Yes! Boy! And... I love that Sean just goes, Bastard stole my line. Or yeah. something along those lines. Like he, yeah. He appreciates, he's just like, he stole my line. Yeah, but he, I think he knew. He knew, he knew. He knew. Um, and we end the film with Will driving off towards California to get Skylar back. Yeah, because he can get a job whenever he wants. He can also get a job wherever. in California. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he can try a job whenever he wants, wherever he wants, because he's a f- genius. So. Yeah. I don't think he has to worry about that. Nah, nah, not at all. But yeah, that's the end of the film. Freaking incredible film. Yeah. I see why you wanted me to watch this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about this film. I didn't want you to watch it. You asked me, have you seen Good Will Hunting? Well... And I said, yeah, it's one of my favorite films. Yeah, and then when I said I hadn't seen it, you said watch it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, You've still not seen my actual favorite film. What's your actual favorite film? I told this about five times. It's called Breathe. Oh, right. You have told me about this. Look, I'm a very forgetful person. I have a lot of different things popping in and out of my brain at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very underhyped. Very, yeah. very underhyped. Yeah, right. Andrew well, Garfield Clayboy is amazing. I'm sure. Well, I mean, like you, you got me hooked with Andrew Garfield. Let's go. I love Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it's directed by. It's the directing solo debut of Anne Serkis. Great! I know what film you're gonna be on eventually in the court. Uh, we're gonna watch Breathe at some point, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, stay tuned for like, you know, six to eight months from now, maybe. Yeah! Um, I don't know. We're still gonna be friends with you then. I hope so. <laughs> I think. Fine. I'm sorry. Fine. You know what, I'll take it. <laughs> Alright, before before we end the episode, I always, now that I've finished the film, I like to, you know, give just a few statistics on how the film did. As a film. So, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. No, an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, which I yeah. feel is criminally underrated. Yeah. It's number 82 on the IMDb Top 250. I would get. I would have thought that it would have been in the top 50, but I don't know necessarily what's above it. So, I'm again, I'm not here to say that I'm the end-all be-all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching this stuff for the first time. Legitimately, I don't know yeah. what's going on. But that's where it's ranked. It was made on a ten million dollar budget. Yeah. And it gained two hundred and twenty-five point nine million US dollars at the box office. I have a feeling it was a slight hit. <laughs> eh. Eh. But you know what I wonder? What? Because both um how big were 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 the two guys at that point? This how was the, their introduction. Yeah, exactly. How the f Yeah, but I don't know if acting as well or not. No, I don't think... I think this was their first thing. How the f*** did they get... How the f*** did they manage to get hold of a 10 million budget? I think, and I might be wrong on this, but I think what happened was that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had a contact that knew Robin Williams. And so they took the script to Robin Williams. Robin Williams read it and said, we have to do this. And he helped them get everything. I think that's what happened. I don't know 100%, but I think that's kind of how it happened. Was that like, because of a contact from when they were in school together, Yeah. they reached out and were like, okay, like, you know, that. I think that's kind of how... They got the budget. Yeah, because I would, wouldn't know how to get hold of that much money. Yeah, yeah. So... Don't rob a bank real quick. Yeah, the last yeah. thing... <laughs> don't rob a bank, Yolanda. I don't want to come visit you in prison. I might make good stories, you know. Yeah, but I <laughs> would rather just have funny stories about you okay. when you're not in prison. Fine. Then you have to get me drunk. That's doable. <laughs> um, so... We have 24 wins out of 61 nominations across multiple, multiple different awards that they got put up for. And the two biggest ones um, that won was that it also did win two Oscars. Uh, the first one was it won, uh, Robin Williams won the best uh, actor in a supporting role. Um, this is the Oscars in 1998, if anyone was curious. And they also won um, the Oscar for Best Writing Screenplay, written directly for the screen. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won that. Mm. Um, completely understand why. Don't know what it was up against, but um, it deserved yeah. to I win. I don't understand how he did not win Best Actor. 
Uh, he was nominated. I mean, yeah, that's not he did not win, but I am trying to see if it will tell me who won. The winner of the Best Actor in 1998 was Jack Nicholson oh. in As Good As It Gets. Fair enough. Which I have never heard of. I've heard of it, but not seen it, but it's, Ch it's f Jack Nicholson. Yeah, so, like, so, it, yeah. like, mm, sure. Yeah. He was nominated, he just didn't win. Um, it was also nominated for Best Picture. It was, so he got, Matt Damon got nominated for Best Actor in a Lead Role. Um, and then Minnie Driver got nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Minnie Driver? Yeah, that's her name. Skyler? Mini Driver. Do you want to look at the IMDb page yeah, there? No, no, no. It, I just it says Mini Driver. I don't know what you want. Wait. Where am I? Mini Driver. Her name is Mini and her last name is Driver. I thought there was like an actual driver of a Mini in the film. No, 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 oh, no. That was surprising. No, 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 no. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, Mini Driver got nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Best Director, Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant, I mm -hmm. think that's how you say it. Uh, it also got nominated for three more, which I'll just list off real quick. Best Film Editing, Best Music, Original Song, Elliot Smith for the song Miss Misery, and uh, Best Music uh, for the score on Danny Elfman. But that's um, what it was nominated for in terms of Oscars. But if anyone wants to look at any of the other awards, you can do so. I'll link the, you know, thing in the description, the IMDb page. But Yolanda, thank you so much for joining. This has been an absolute blast. If listeners want to find you, how can they do that? Um, I'm on Instagram, Yolanda with a J, underscore Steiner, and I'm on Mandy. I'm on Spotlights for non actors. Don't worry about it. For casting directors. For casting directors, please hire me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. thank you so much for joining. I had a blast talking with you I about this I'm film. I'm very glad this didn't came down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, listeners, if you want to know what's going on with you know the whole shelf situation, uh, sign up for the Patreon. Yeah, but, um, it's also very. Wondering, I don't know why, well, explain, yeah. why is there a tape around this monkey's? Oh, why, why there's a piece of tape? Because yeah. Grookey is very head heavy, and um, so the tape was used to try to keep him on the shelf oh, I see, because I see. he kept wanting to fall off oh, no matter sleep. what. Did not work. Um, yeah, uh, Grookey was like, No, I'm gonna go do my own thing. So, yeah, no, 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 Grookey's fine. He's a, he's a lovely little Pokemon. But on that lovely note, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I'll catch y'all later. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Mandira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Mandira and Megan Hutchison. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to gain access to bonus content and 
find out more about the show, get some behind-the-scenes looks, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash coopforge or find the link down in the description of the episode. It really does mean a lot. All the money goes back into the show to help make it a better show for you, the listeners. So thank you all very, very much for that. If you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, you can do so by heading up over to social media follow us on social media at co-op forge c-o underscore o-p-f-o-r-g-e and at post finale pod on instagram facebook twitter we are now also on tiktok so be sure to head over there there are going to be some more things coming out here in the coming days and in the coming year it's going to be a new year so thank you all so much for tuning in to not just this episode but in the year in total and if you still want to help support the show word of mouth is a great way to help support the show tell a friend about the show just reach out and be like hey it's a new year you need a new podcast to listen to go check out this show called post finale where an actor watches films for the first time tries to guess what's happening gives us his thoughts and his opinions it really does mean a lot and be sure to leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast app you're using but thank you all so much for listening to not just this episode but to post finale this entire year it really does mean a lot to me and i hope you tune us back in the new year as we start going through the truman show back with a lovely guest that has been on the pod beforehand as well you know him you love him and you will find out who that is next week but until then i'll catch y'all later and take care